0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine. I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego, California.
1: And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego.
0: And we're back. Back again. (laughs) Charlotte's back. Tell your friends. She never left. Never left. She never left. Um... But we're back uh, for this week, leading up to Sunday, May sixteenth, uh, the the last week of uh, Easter. Mm-hmm. Crazy, huh? unbelievable. Yeah, can't believe it. Um, and so this is a this will be Jesus's final words to his disciples that we're going to hear today from John seventeen in the Gospel. Uh, but before we get into the gospel discussion we always like to check in with uh one another and one of us shares or a guest shares a place in this last week when we saw god uh both so you know we can share with one another and with you but also so you can think about Hmm, in the last week when did you see god when did you feel god's movement or maybe when it was when was it hard to feel god's movement in your life yeah. both of those are, in, are important to to reflect on and uh so charlotte where did you see god this last week
1: Um, I actually saw God last night. Doesn't that sound revelatory? Um, I know. But last night was youth group. And I think, as I've mentioned before, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, the famous, infamous, my little Sonia Mm -hmm. and myself merged our two youth groups for an online programming offering. Um, And we have chose to keep our youth groups together, even though we are meeting in person now. And so we gathered in the courtyard last night for the last night of a unit we were doing on creation care. And last night we were considering the way our electronics, how often do you charge your phone, um, other electronics that you own, how that impacts creation. And because youth group is not youth group without some good, silly fun, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we had a game. Mm-hmm. Um and the game involved pool noodles, my one of my favorite youth group tools. And because we're not at the point where, you know, you can play tag or things like that, the game involved whacking each other with pool noodles to transfer electric current down the line of friends to then grab the rhino, endangered species, who win for your side or your team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because, you know, competition. Um, and, and it was hilarious fun, I mean, just, I could name that as a God sighting in and of itself, because it was in that moment, what felt like youth group community always used to feel like before the pandemic, just sheer joy and silliness in play. Um, The deep introspection and conversation has carried through the pandemic, absolutely. But the play aspect has really been challenging um, on Zoom. It's very hard to play on Zoom. And this was that for sure. But the piece piece that was even more powerful than that is that one of our young people um, who is a member of our group is in a wheelchair and has a caregiver that comes with her to the gathering. And as we were going over to play this ridiculous game, I said to the caregiver, I think you guys can play. totally think we can make this happen, but if it feels overwhelming, then you guys can be the judge of the winner or anything like that, but can we try it all together? And my vision was, as the electric current is, the electric current is passed by striking each other gently, lovingly, um, with a pool noodle down the line, that it would be the caregiver that had been hit with the pool noodle and then passed to the next person, and all the way down the line, and that it would just be a general participation item. And the caregiver said, oh no, you can hit her with that pool noodle. Mm-hmm. She will laugh and she will think that is funny. And the child that was next to it that would have had to do the whacking was like, I can't do it, I can't, I cannot do it. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot hit this other person with a pool noodle. And the caregiver was like, oh yes, yes, you can. She will laugh, she will think this is so funny, you can. And so I went over and I said to the girl in the wheelchair, all right, this is what it's gonna be like. And I took the pool noodle and like whacked her in the arm with it and she erupted Mm -hmm. into laughter, (laughs) which then caused everybody else to erupt into laughter. And it meant that everybody got to play. Mm -hmm. Everybody, like that we, that all means all, that the church is all of us, that we are better together, that relationships matter, all of those things in that joyful moment, there were no limitations. And I was just reminded that so many of those limitations on things are things that we impose on them. And that over and over again, that God calls us to be community Mm -hmm. and to not see the limitations between us. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and that actually is really what we're gonna talk about a lot in today's gospel reflections, I think, about community and our relationships and responsibilities. So I thank you for sharing that, Charlotte. And Mm -hmm. we also invite you uh, every week to share with us where you saw God this past week uh, or where it was hard to feel God's movement this last week. You can also share any questions or stories or uh, comments from your week of faith discussion or reflection. You can email us, faith2go at edsc.org. You can contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org. Or you can follow us or contact us uh, through Instagram, at faith to go and now we are going to talk about the gospel for the seventh Sunday of Easter the gospel for May 16th Charlotte is going to read it and then we'll each uh, share a point and then each have a point and then we will share a point uh, the gospel is John 17 6 through 19
1: Jesus prayed for his disciples I have made your name known to those who you gave me from the world They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you for the words that you gave to me, I have given to them and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world, and for their sakes I sanctify them, so that they also may be sanctified in the truth. Few.
0: <laughs> Good job, Charlotte. That was great. That reading, <laughs> Jesus. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> this passage, this is like reading a word cloud. Is <laughs> ridiculous. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's just like it's just like 10 words over and over and over again arranged in different orders.
1: Yes, and and you never know what order it's going to be in next.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Um all right. So, Jesus here. This is chapter 17 of John's Gospel, like we said. Uh chapter 18 is the is Jesus's betrayal and arrest. So this is it. You know, we've been talking about uh this passages from from these, these chapters of John when Jesus is in Jerusalem with his disciples, these last words that he has with his disciples, what we call the farewell discourses in, in John's gospel, and how Jesus is taking this time to to tell them how things are going to be when he's gone, what is going to need to happen for them to carry on his ministry. He tells them about that he's going to die and he's going to be gone and he's going to come back, that their sorrow for his death will turn into joy, that the Holy Spirit will come. The advocate will come. The comforter will come to be with them and guide them. And, and now he's ending this whole thing with a prayer. And, uh, and so the whole, all of chapter 17 is this prayer for his disciples as they, Mm -hmm. as he finishes this, uh, time with them, this, this, uh, discourse with them in Jerusalem before his betrayal and arrest. So that's where we are. That's the context. Jesus is, getting ready you know they're getting ready to go and jesus is trying to equip the disciples he's been equipping them their whole the whole time and now it's kind of like in conclusion disciples all these things you know and then ending (laughs) with this prayer so that's where we are and charlotte has the first point
1: yes yes and i just love like and i get i laughed for sure but when you said all these things that truly is what this section of scripture feels like Mm -hmm. to me it's like all these things, Mm. a cloud of ideas and things for us to process. And I just wanna name the fact that that can be challenging at times. It can be challenging for all of us when we are presented with so many things at once to process and name them. And so as I looked at this gospel and thought about what stood out for me for a point, I actually kind of ended up with a feeling, um, an overall feeling from it. And that is that in all of these words, what jesus is really doing is advocating for the people that he loves. He is advocating for the disciples. He is praying for them. He is naming how important they are. He is talking about challenges and he is saying, you know, you matter, they matter to me. We matter to Jesus and i need to advocate for them. And the feeling of being advocated for by Jesus It's glorious, right? If I think about what it feels like to have Jesus advocating for me, praying for me, that's like being wrapped up in the best thing I possibly can be wrapped up in, because I not only feel safe and loved, but I feel seen. I feel seen in my entirety for who I am and that I am worthy in that way, in all of my beautiful imperfection um, that Jesus would advocate and pray for me. And I love that we get to see this side of Jesus here in this section in the way that he is advocating for the disciples. And I also love that it's a challenge to us that we are supposed to then advocate for each other, um, for the people that we love in our lives. Like we know that we are supposed to pray for the people that we care about. Um, Sometimes maybe we forget to do that, but in the way that Jesus is modeling this for us in this section, you know, I, I feel like I'm being irreverent. Um, but when I <laughs> read this section, it was confusing. It took me time to like unpack it all and see like what direction are you going Jesus and can I get there with you? Yeah. And so sometimes my feelings about the people that I love are complicated and confusing too. And that doesn't mean that I shouldn't name them to God, that I shouldn't advocate for those people or pray for those people in all of their beautiful imperfection in the complexity of my relationship with them, that I am still called to pray for and advocate for them the same way that Jesus prayed for and advocated for his disciples. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, I think that's, that's a really cool point, um, Especially the this idea that, like Jesus is saying, all these things because he genuinely doesn't know how things are going to turn out. You know, he doesn't know what's going to be true for them. He knows it's not. I mean, it's not like a leap to know that they're going to be persecuted. You know, that it's going to be hard. That they're going to be scattered. That you know the that, that things aren't going to be easy. Um, but his 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 prayer is not like his his faith in them. You know, his prayer for them is not contingent on knowing that it's going to be okay, you know, but that it, his advocacy for them is the most, it's the most important thing for him is to show them, you know, that he has faith in them to pray for them, to give them his support in every way that he can without knowing exactly what's going to happen. Just, but to let it go, you know, to know that Mm -hmm. what's going to happen is going to happen and that they have been equipped, you know, that they have what, what they need uh, to do the work, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's, and uh, my my point is is kind of is similar in kind of thinking about Jesus's support for the disciples and what he's hoping for them and the way that he ho- is hoping that they will be uh, together in order to carry out the, this mission in the future. And I just I love how I love the ways that Jesus uses the language of like you know you. In, in the prayer to God. So he's like addressing God here. They were yours. You gave them to me. You know, and they have kept your word. And later, um, all mine are yours and yours are mine. And I have been glorified in them. And you, I, uh, Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them in your name that you have given me. And... I love how Jesus takes, I feel like here, like Jesus is communicating to the disciples first that like the responsibility he feels for them, you know, that he genuinely in his in his ministry has been both about this, like the work that they're doing externally, but also so much about their, in their community, you know, the relationships that they've built, the the relationship he feels with each and every one of them and the ways that he wants to support them and continue to have them feel supported, you know, by him even when he's not there anymore. And how he he takes time in these precious moments with them to communicate that to them. And then I think he does that for the sake of saying, you know, like he says, all it's like all mine are yours and yours are mine. I have been glorified and I uh I want, I want you, I want to be, I want you to be in me as I've been in, you know, it's like all this, he's trying to like share with them just like he did last week. He was talking about them being friends, you know, this mutuality. He's asked them Mm -hmm. to love one another. You know, he's he's saying like, there's a way you are going to need to be with one another moving forward for this to work. And the, the way that I've felt responsibility for you, you need to feel that kind of responsibility for one another. You know, like you need to support one another the way I am trying to support you right now. That's the only way that this is going to work, because, you know, how you you know, how I continue to support you is by you supporting one another. You know, Mm -hmm. when you are supporting one another, when you are taking responsibility for one another, when you are going out of your way for the protection of of the people in your community and in this world, you are being me to them and you're finding me in them and they're finding me in you. And and that's the only way that anything is gonna change, you know? And that's why, you know, he, he has all this stuff about the world and not in the world, but out in going into the world, they don't belong to the world, but it's like it's confusing. It's a confusing word to use because I think that I think that Jesus like Jesus, the like God incarnate in creation, the God that created all things, you know, Jesus can't be in there from this Jewish tradition, you know, knowing that God has created all these things that God created all these people saying, well, all this creation, this is all bad. We're not of this creation. I don't think that's what he's saying. You know, he's what the I think this word means like the things that have built that we have kind of like layered on top of creation that aren't really real. You know, we like we create like we there people have created like empires and systems and ways of like oppressing people and gaining power and like all these things that actually really are destructive. And I think those things are what Jesus is referring to when he says the world. So, yeah. and Jesus knows like what they're about to do, he he doesn't want them to take part in those systems. He doesn't want them to be complicit in them, but he also knows that he has to they have to go out and operate in them. You know, Mm -hmm. that they have to go out and be around and in them in order to change them, to dismantle them, maybe to speak truth to those power structures and that that is going to cause them to be persecuted. But the but that that work can be done, that is that work is sustainable when they can support one another, you know. Mm -hmm. And so to know that they aren't of those systems, you know, Jesus isn't praying for the for the propagation of those systems. But he is praying for the people. You know, he's praying for the people in them. He's praying for the people that are with him right there, and for all people. So he's saying, "I, I would love these systems to pass away. You know, but I want the people. I want people to thrive, and people thrive when we really take responsibility for one another, and we really know that our fates are tied together inextricably." Mm-hmm. Uh, like mm-hmm. he's trying to communicate to these disciples here.
1: Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, (laughs) And that's the podcast. No, it is not the podcast because we do want to share a third point, um, which comes kind of before this section all about the world. But I think it's Mm -hmm. the perfect place for us to end or to conclude our conversation today. Yeah. Um, Yeah which is the section where it says, but now I am coming to you and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy made complete in themselves. They may have my joy made complete in themselves. And as I read that section, I really think about the difference between joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. Because we focus on a lot of, and actually not the systems you were talking about, but maybe some of the things in our lives that are less substantive, that give us happiness, um, but they aren't the same thing as the joy we feel in being in relationship with Jesus. And so in this section, Jesus says that he, that we may have joy made complete in ourselves, mm-hmm. or they <laughs> and them, but really we read it for us, right? Later in the in life, I'm reading this for me. And that in being in relationship with Jesus, when I re- invite Jesus into relationship with me, when I allow him to share his joy with me, then his joy is made complete within me. And I think that that goes both ways, because not only do I then get to share in complete joy, that overwhelming, deep sense of joy that comes from love with Jesus. But it also says right here that Jesus's joy is made complete by living in me. Mm hmm and then when i invite jesus into a full and complete relationship with me that jesus's joy is made complete
0: mm-hmm. yeah and and thinking about those first two points in relationship to that joy being complete is that i this when it says uh, my joy may be complete made complete in them in themselves or in them they this that that preposition uh prepositions in greek are interesting because one word can have a number of different relational meanings you know like prepositions are the relations between objects right so this one is in but but it's the word n which you could kind of like it's just en and it could mean in on or among it's mm-hmm. also um it's also the same the same preposition in the very beginning of John when it says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us in on or among, N. And. Mm-hmm. and so it's like, for them, my joy is complete my that my joy may be made complete among themselves. It's like mm-hmm. it's not just in me, but like among us that Jesus's joy is made complete within a community of people. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we are doing that. We make, we like make Jesus's joy complete when we are being holistic and complete in the way that we're seeing our communities, the way we're seeing the world, the way that we're taking care of one another and advocating for one another and praying for one another and being responsible for one another. You know, like there is a communal, it's like a communal act to make that kind of joy complete Mm -hmm. Uh, and that it, it can only happen. When all of us are taking part in that joy, you know, again, our, our faiths are linked together and Jesus's joy is made complete among us, you know, in the same way that he dwelt among us, uh, or in us within us. So I, yeah, I think that's such a, such a cool idea to, to, to one, to, to like separate, you know, this kind of like this idea of like happiness as kind of this more kind of, episodic kind of fleeting thing and this deep abiding sense of joy that that is Mm -hmm. emerges from thriving in community with one another that emerges from our relationships with one another and that genuinely as he says earlier in the same discourse emerges from sorrow and suffering that like happiness is almost like an escape from our from pain or suffering joy is what is born from from suffering you know, and so you can't have one without the other, and that kind of communal struggle gives birth to that kind of joy that is only made complete uh, in community in our relationships to one another. Yeah. So, that was three points again Woo. for this week. Uh, number one point was Charlotte's, and it was about advocating for one another, praying for one another, taking that kind of uh, hopeful responsibility for one another and for the outcomes of our, our lives and our work in the world. Uh, two is like Unto It. It was about responsibility and how we are responsible for one another uh, and how we are you know, out in the world in these systems, but also not of them. You know, We are more than the systems within which we exist and often are called to, to, to reform them, to change them, to dismantle them even. and Jesus knew that that work could only happen when we did it together. And number three uh, went with that one about Jesus' joy being made complete, you know a joy that only comes about when we uh, do that together uh, that ministry together, when we are responsible for one another, when we're advocating for one another and that that joy is is born out of that of our togetherness that we don't get to have our joy by ourselves.
1: Can't have our cake and eat it too.
0: That's right. Can't have your joy <laughs> cake and eat it too. So uh, if you have any questions or comments or stories from this week of faith, discussion, or reflection, we would love to hear from you. You can email us faith to go at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, wwwmyfaith 2 or you can contact us through a follow us on Instagram at faith to go. And uh, we will be back next week for the reading from pentecost crazy that week's gonna be fire (laughs) (laughs) until then say goodbye bye everyone bye
1: everybody